Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Welcome to another episode of We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. And I'm Christy. And finally, it's been a bit, but we are back with a guest. Um, we were lucky enough to be joined by Christy's longtime friend, so I'll let you give uh, the full intro. Yes, we were joined today by my longtime friend, Brianna Hafner, and she is an art psychotherapist with a practice based out of Contrahawken, which if you're unfamiliar, which you probably are if you're not from <laughs> Philadelphia, and... Um, we just talked to her all things art therapy, and it's a topic that Katie and I have been interested in but know nothing about, so this was the perfect opportunity to have Brianna on and you know, just have her really explain the basics to us, but then also go a little bit deeper into mechanisms and different types of mediums and things like that. So it really turned out to be a very informative episode and hopefully one that will inspire everybody to tap into their creativity. Yeah, and there was a lot. It's not, um, I think it's it's a really great beginner's episode if you're not familiar with art therapy like we're not. So we really came at it from a beginner's approach. And I think that a lot of what Brianna said, you know, was very, um, made a lot of sense off the bat. You don't, it, it all makes sense. You don't need to really try to struggle to understand how this works. Uh, she did a great job of explaining it. So we wrap up with her, but as per usual, uh, please go follow us on social media at We Don't Know Her Pod on Instagram and on TikTok. You can also send us an Instagram at We Don't Know Her Pod at gmail.com. And Insta- um, <laughs> what did I just say? You can send us an Instagram at gmail.com. <laughs> Grandma. Listen, over guys, here. you know what I'm saying. Okay, it's been a long one. Um, and lastly, please subscribe. <laughs> please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes and Spotify. Please, five stars only. We would appreciate it. We are your girls. Peace. Okay, so as we said, we are joined by a very special guest today. She is actually somebody that I have known for most of my life, but she's also a very successful art psychotherapist. She just opened her own practice here in the Philadelphia suburban area. And she's here to talk about all things art therapy today. Please welcome Brianna Hafner. Hi, welcome. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us today. So as I mentioned, you and I have known each other for, I don't really want to disclose how long because I feel like we're like in the decades now, but, (laughs) but yeah, we did want to talk to you about art therapy because It's just a form of therapy that I think has been gaining more popularity recently, rightfully so. And I think that it's a really unique tool for people to gain better understanding of themselves. And there's so much to offer in art therapy and what better person to talk to about it than an art therapist. Mm -hmm. So to kind of just, we don't have to go from the very beginning of your journey, but if you want to just give people an idea of you know, your background in art, what kind of led you to art therapy, and then eventually opening your own practice? Sure. Um, So art has been one of my main modes of expression my entire life. Um, My mom loves to tell the story of my first day in daycare when I was, she dropped me off and I was like freaking out, screaming, like having a really hard time separating. And one of the caregivers there handed me some crayons and some paper and I just started coloring and totally like calmed down. I was totally fine. She was able to leave. And that was just like my happy place was whenever I was able to engage in art making. Um, and that was the case throughout my entire childhood. That was always the best way for me to be able to 
express myself and how it, you know, that's what felt safest to me. Um, and so when I was in high school, I was really unsure of what I wanted to do for my career. Um, I was going back and forth on a lot of things, like not really wanting to go to college um, and just really uncertain. And so one of my mom's um, best friends sent me an article about art therapy and he was like, just read this. He's like, this, this kind of sounds like something you'd be interested in. And I had never heard about art therapy before. This was like in the early 2000s. Um, right. It really was not well known back then at all. But I read that article and it was like, like it just clicked. It was like, so, you know, it was just like, I know that this is what I'm here to do. Um, mm -hmm. and so every move from that point on um, was towards that goal of becoming an art therapist. Um, so I went to Drexel for art therapy school and graduated in 2012. And I started working in the city um, for about five years at a partial hospitalization program for kids. Um, and then transitioned to another group private practice uh, shortly after leaving that job. Um, I'd always known that I'd wanted to start uh, my own practice and to create my own space to facilitate healing. And so earlier in 2021, uh, two other really awesome art therapists approached me um, and said, hey, you know, here's this opportunity. Would you, would you like to join us? And again, it was like, I didn't even have to think about it. It was like, yes, like that yeah. sounds amazing. Um, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. And um, we have similar styles of working and everything. And so we found this space um, pretty quickly and it all just really fell into place. And that's how that's we awesome. got it. It's funny. It sounds like everything, it really does sound like you're on your path, like really on like kind of aligned with what you're meant to do. Um, because I even know that people say, if you're trying to find something that is your calling or that you really love to think about what you did as a kid. And mm -hmm. that's always like the first thing to go back to, to find like, you know, your inner child or your whatever. And I feel like that's, you kind of were able to stick with it. And it's like almost like the universe really was like supporting you along the way to make sure that you could like really do it. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really how it's felt um, along the way. Um, and even when I felt uncertain or unsure, you know, the universe kind of spoke to me and, and assuring me that like, no, like you're, you're, you're on the right path. You're doing mm -hmm. the right thing where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can definitely say just even kind of seeing you in this space, like we just recently like reconnected over cause we hadn't seen each other for many years, but even just seeing you in this space, it does you just have a different glow about you when you are living in your purpose, especially like how I've known you. I've only really known you as such an artistic person, just like a little anecdote about our past. I just know that like growing up, you were known for just like how well you did art. Everybody was like, like we would even do silly things like where we would draw cartoon versions of us and our friends. And like, it was just always spot on. So all of this just makes perfect sense. And I'm just so happy to see you doing what you love. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you for saying that. That's yeah. Here. <laughs> so um, with art therapy, like I said, how it's kind of been gaining popularity over the last few years and it's become a different modality for people, even with 
I mean, you've noticed like with like adult coloring books, even like it's mm-hmm. kind of a small example, but especially in the pandemic. Yeah. I think people are really starting to pick up on the fact that art has this way of just opening your brain to different things, you know, like it has this, this calming effect, this therapeutic effect. So for anybody out there who's really unfamiliar, what can you say art therapy is? What type, what types of art therapy do you do even within your practice? Just to give everyone like a basic idea. Yeah. So um, art therapy is a mode of therapy where we utilize art making and the creative process as a way to explore our inner selves, work through challenges, gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. It's another form of communication. So every time that we create something, it's an extension of ourselves. It's a way for us to get our internal experience, which nobody can see, right? We can't see our thoughts or our feelings. It's sort of just all within, the, within us and it's sort of ambiguous, right? But art making gives that form and it externalizes it. So when we're able to see our internal world externalize, it helps us to see things maybe that we wouldn't have been able to put words to. You know, sometimes it's hard to find the words to put to things. Um, we hear people saying that a lot. And especially for kids mm-hmm. whose verbal capabilities aren't as fully developed as adults are, right? That part of their brain is still developing. And so kids sometimes have a hard time using their words to express themselves. Um, so art is like a universal language. It's one that everybody understands if we look back at the dawn of humanity, cave paintings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, art is something that's used across cultures and across the, the lifespan as well. Um, so it can be really valuable um, for a lot of reasons. It also accesses our right brain, which is our emotional center as well. Um, so it's really able to you know, go beneath the surface and work deeper than just talking might be able to. Um, It's also a way for us to relax, right? So different art mediums can be more relaxing. Um, So the medium is a really important thing to consider in art therapy um, and what would work best for each individual person. That Um, was something that I wanted to ask was, I have so many questions and my questions are going to be like very basic. (laughs) Um, But I just have, I really have a ton of, I have so many questions. Okay, so... One of them is, you know, yeah, is there like, is it truly just up to the individual of like this individual case, this type of modality would be best? Or is it like, um, if you have this type of um, mental disorder, then this would be best for you. If you experience this, then typically like if you are somebody who survived sexual assault like me, is there something that's like, then you should work with pottery? Or is it like literally just like up to the individual case? by case basis. Yeah, so as our therapists, we're trained in what media may work best for each individual client. Um, And so the media choice is very important. And so, you know, part of it is up to the client's comfortability levels. But if we know that one media might work better or might not be um, as effective, then, you know, we'll step in and offer a suggestion. Um, So, for example, um, like a pencil or a pen, it's a very controllable medium, right? Because we hold it, I grab one right here, this is a marker, but we hold a pen like this, right? And so Mm -hmm. I can really control exactly where that line is going. 
So somebody who has a lot of anxiety or somebody who is seeking more control, that might work better for them and lessen their anxiety versus like paint, which is a lot harder to control. It's a lot looser, right? You have a lot less control over a paintbrush or where the paint goes. And that can be a very like expressive, um, fluid, relaxing kind of medium. But for some people, they might get really stressed out by that because they can't control where it's going. Um, for younger children um, who really require like, you know, they need a lot of that like sensory input, we might use a medium like clay or Play-Doh or Model Magic, something that's very like tactile that you're using, you're involving a lot of movement and the hands. Um, and so that's something to consider as well. If there's clients that are um, more resistant to art making, because a lot of people, um, art making might make them anxious in general, just the thought of doing it, right? Because yeah. in our society, um, Art making, you know, can be seen by a lot of people as like a child's activity. So in working with adults, we sometimes do um, see some people that are resistant to the art making process. Um, nobody has to be a good or a great artist to be in art therapy. It's not about the end product or how good it looks. Um, we're really focused on the process of the art making um, and much less focused on the end product and the aesthetic of it or how good or how bad it is, right? Um, so some people, you know, it takes a little while to be able to work through that. And so we might provide a more structured medium like collage, right? Where the pictures and everything is already there. So there's no anxiety or less anxiety about like performing good art. Right. You're able to pick out those pre-made pictures, images, words, et cetera, to create art in that way too. That totally makes sense. Cause even as you're, and I know you probably think the same thing, Christy, cause we're similar in this way, but like the idea, as you were talking about it, I love to color. I love to draw. Um, mm -hmm. I have never painted, I haven't painted anything since I was a kid. The idea of it gives me a panic attack. I'm a perfectionist in that way. I like things to be perfect and I'm control freak and all those things. So, um, and I love collage. I loved scrapbooking, that kind of stuff. So all of that totally makes sense. Um, and even, you know, I worked with kids for a long time and I nannied a lot of kids who didn't like to get messy. Like they didn't like to have anything on their hands. So what I thought would be relaxing for them, I would try to get them to do finger painting or something. And some of them would really recoil and they so I put it in like plastic bags, you know, so they could push around the paint without putting it on their hands. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, that's, I think the control aspect is something really interesting that I didn't, I didn't even think about collage. Yeah. Have you ever seen like maybe somebody who was drawn towards a certain type of medium, like what you were describing with like the control where they maybe cross over to a medium that they didn't think they would be comfortable with and then they actually end up loving it? <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool when that happens. <laughs> it can awesome. take some time. Um, but, you know, sometimes an art therapy goal might be for them to be, become more expressive, right? If somebody's very, like, tightly controlled and is having a hard time breaking out of that, right? And maybe um, our goal is to promote relaxation um, and to promote expression. So that would be a goal to eventually open up to those more looser media and it is really cool when that happens um, yeah. it's exciting to see and I then like some people need more containment too some people you know some clients might be like too 
kind of like all over the place. Um, I'm yeah. doing like a lot of movements, <laughs> but some, you know, the goal might be for them to become more contained. Got so, it. Well, and I know. think that's also just like a really interesting testament to the brain and like the mind itself of like how adaptable it can be. So, and I think it's hard to put into words. Katie and I were talking about this before when we were saying what we wanted to ask you, how we, there's so much that we don't know that we kind of have trouble even formulating the questions to ask because it's so fascinating of just how effective creativity can be. And I feel like it's just, even talking about it right now, I'm starting to realize like how there's so much, like (laughs) there's just so much untapped potential like in art and like being creative because I, you know, somebody who may not think of themselves as a creative person, maybe they would be resistant to art therapy, but even just easing into it and trying different things can open them up in a way that maybe talk therapy wouldn't work, you know, like you said. And because not, I don't think a lot of people are also really accustomed to even knowing how to say how they feel. And is there, so when you're in, if you're in a session, would, I mean, I'm going to go super basics here, both for myself and for anyone listening. If somebody's in uh, an art therapy session with you, let's say, and they're using, um, we'll just say like pencil and paper, let's just for example, but like, would, do you give them a prompt and then they draw based on the prompt? Do they draw and then you draw back? Like, how do you, how does it literally like the process? Yeah. Like how does the actual process work? I know that might sound dumb, but I have no idea. No, not dumb at all. Um, so it really varies by client. Um, I work with kids mostly. Um, and so how I do therapy, typically, this isn't like always, but how I typically do it is, um, we start with a check-in, right? So I have like a feelings poster back here. So I'll check in with how they're feeling to see if they've had a tough day, you know, if, you know, if there's anything that I need to adjust in the session. Um, typically I will have some sort of prompt to give them. Um, I don't always do that. Sometimes um, I do find it's that, you know, if I have all the art materials here and I say, you know, like what's standing out to you today, some kids, you know, some clients will know exactly what they need in that moment. Um, But I often do have some sort of prompt geared towards their goals or some, you know, topic that we're focused on. Um, And, you know, we usually don't, engage in art making ourselves like our therapists typically don't engage in art making ourselves during the client's art process so that we can be fully attuned to the client and their art process now it's interesting because um when COVID happened and we switched to all virtual therapy which i had never done before COVID ever um so that was completely new to me but i found and many other art therapists did too interestingly enough that um, it actually helped the process and helped to build rapport when we did engage in art making with them over virtual. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if there's like any research being done on that. I think it's really interesting. Um, but typically, you know, when I am in the office, which, you know, we're back in person now, um, we don't engage in art making unless it's within the specific prompt. So okay. there are some um, art therapy prompts where there will be like a, we're communicating through the artwork as a way for us to build our relationship. Sometimes if I have like a family in here, I'll engage the whole family in art making and then I'll be an observer. Um, So after they make the art, there is processing afterwards. So I might ask them to tell me about the artwork. 
Um, I never label anything that they did in the art itself. I have them, you know, report back to me because verbal associations are really important too. You know, it's really important right. that as an art therapist, we don't project ourselves onto a client's artwork because it could look like one thing, but then they say it's something completely different. So um, having both of those pieces, I think is really, really important. And then I'll also ask the client, like, you know, what is the artwork telling them? Like, what is it saying to you? Sometimes we'll ask the artwork questions because it is an extension of the self. And so that's another way for us to be able to get to know ourselves better. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, I was just going to ask, you mentioned um, having the family in there too. So is that something that you, especially working with kids, that you try to emphasize or really encourage, like having the whole family involved in the art making process? Yeah, so we usually do um, a family art therapy assessment at the start of treatment. So, you know, the family is a child's whole world. Um, the family is their most special people in their lives. And so working with kids, you know, we do think that it's really, really important to include the family as much as possible. Because they're only in here with us for an hour once per week, you know, and they're out with their families in the world for the rest of that time. So family involvement is definitely really important, in my opinion, for mm -hmm. the best possible um, child therapy. So um, we usually do a family art therapy assessment. We have the family work on um, some murals together and then talk about them. And that gives us a sense of the family dynamic, you know, how they work with each other and um, how they, you know, view themselves within the family unit as well. So sometimes, you know, if there is a lot of family discord or we think it's appropriate, we will have some family sessions intermittent where we will have some family art making. Um, but family therapy is a whole nother like mode of, of therapy. So if there is a lot of family conflict, then we would refer out to a family therapist okay. um, who specializes in that. Gotcha. All right. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Because I was also kind of like a like an addendum onto that question would just be if and how art therapy would work with other types of therapy because i mean i guess you know no one is necessarily inclined or obligated to just stick to one form of therapy so um that was kind of my next question is just how it works with other types of therapy or if that's something that you usually recommend like in conjunction with the art too yeah so um it can definitely work well with other types of therapy our therapists can either be somebody's primary therapist or they might be an adjunct therapist. They might have another um, therapist and then they might do like group art therapy or something like that. In a lot of inpatient settings, they often do have multiple types of therapy. Um, so art therapy can be seen anywhere. It can be seen in outpatient settings, like at the one that I'm in. It can be in partial hospitalization settings where people go for like part of the day, then come home, or an inpatient where they're or staying there um, in residential facilities as well. So um, I've worked with other music therapists. Music therapy is also super, super awesome. Um, we've also worked with dance movement therapists mm -hmm. as well. So um, when I was in art therapy school, all three creative modalities, we were all together for some classes. Um, so I think that both of those creative outlets can be really powerful as well. Um, some kids or some people, you know, they might benefit more from music therapy than art therapy as well. So um, right. there's those other creative modalities. But then, you know, also some families that I work with, they do see a family therapist in conjunction with the individual art therapy that, that we do. Um, 
And then others may see, you know, a therapist where more specific kinds of issues um, they might see like a specialist. Um, for example, you know, if a kiddo is really struggling um, with OCD types of symptoms, they may go see an OCD specialist, but then come to see us um, like every other week to work on other things that they may be struggling with. So we okay. collaborate with other professionals involved in our clients' care so that we can, you know, wrap our, our arms around, you know, mm -hmm. the client's whole world and really collaborate and work together for the best possible treatment of everyone that we work with. Yeah, love that. That makes sense. Yeah, that's actually my old. Um, I lived with somebody once who was a dance therapist. Um, cool. Kira. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think that's and that's what I actually said to Christy before we started recording is that I I was saying how I've never known an art therapist, but yet I've always known about it. And then I realized that I don't know that I've always. I just always knew art was therapeutic, not necessarily what art therapy was. Um, but it is something that I think. It's funny, I think people do it, it seems like innately and don't even realize, especially with music or with dance or with whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then if you were to say like, oh yeah, like would you ever go to art therapy? They're like, what, what is mm -hmm. that? And it's like, you do that all, you probably do it all the time. If you're collaging or like you said, or if you're painting or drawing or doing any of that kind of stuff. Um, and that was one of my questions too, is like, is there, is there a way to, to participate in art therapy at home or is a, or a type of art that's best to do at home if you're trying to work things out on yourself or just work through something in the moment? Um, is that possible or do you need to be with an art therapist to kind of facilitate it? Yeah, so art therapy must be done um, in the presence of a master's level art therapist um, for it to be truly like art therapy. Okay. There are, you know, a lot of things that people can do at home um, that, you know, that involve art making in a therapeutic way, but for it to be like actual art therapy, that is done with, um, with a professional art therapist. Okay. Um, art making can be really powerful and it can open up a lot of stuff. Um, and so it's best when it is done with a trained professional who can help the individual process or work through those things that they do come up. That yeah, makes that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, because if you think about any other type of therapy, you can't, you can't really do it on your own. You can't really do any therapy on your own. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there are, there are a lot of ways to use art, like in a, in a therapeutic or a relaxing way right. as well. Um, so, you know, and like I said, you know, I grew, when I was growing up, like art was always like my, my therapy and my best way to communicate. And so I think you're spot on that a lot of people, do find like solace and like you know um relaxation and healing through the creative modalities without even being in you know the therapeutic context yeah yeah i think it's i feel like with creativity in general like everybody has a creative side you know it's just a matter of whether you're tuned into it or if you even want to tune into it but i feel like i I just can't stress enough like how I feel like it's such an untapped source within ourselves that like we are not utilizing that could help us so much because don't get me wrong like I've been in talk therapy for most of my life and it's done wonders for me but I do wonder you know what other possibilities there would have been I guess for my growth or like whatever if I had had something more creative as opposed to trying to figure out how to just talk out my feelings you know and art therapy I'm just I'm glad to see that it's getting the recognition that it deserves recently because creativity, it's just, 
I don't, I mean, I don't know if you can speak on it at all as far as like really like the brain part of it, like how the creative part of your brain even like operates or like how, how it kind of comes through the art and how it's a little bit different than just like thinking and talking. Yeah. Yeah. So our thinking, thinking and talking comes from like our frontal cortex, like the front of our brain. Um, and that's the last part of our brain to develop as we're going through the developmental stages. Um, but babies, you know, they process their world through images, right? So that's why like the smile, like mother's face, you know, that's the first things that they're processing. Um, and that's the part of our brain that develops first. So art is a, art making in the creative process is able to speak to that part of the brain, right? That very like primitive primal space. Mm -hmm, right. That's where our emotional center is from too, in the right side of the brain. And so art making is able to access those areas that um, verbal talk therapy may not. And so that's why it can be really helpful, like I was saying, for kids especially, um, or for anybody that's just like having, you know, like you were saying, like having trouble finding the words, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes even if we can just draw about the problem that we're having, like mm -hmm. a very basic prompt, it might be able to give us more insight than we would have if we were just trying to like sort it out in our head, yeah. right? Yeah. Giving that form um, and externalizing it can be a really powerful thing. Yeah. And I think that there can, like, there's, there can be maybe frustration or just frustration with ourselves. Like if we can't find the words. So I, the one part I love of what you're saying with art is that you don't even have to use words to say how you feel. So that's, I feel like a pretty powerful point too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been really, really helpful for a lot of the people that I've worked with as well. Um, you know, who might shut down, right or just might become resistant or you know might like you're saying just get frustrated yeah it's really hard to to figure out like i know like i'm having these big feelings and i'm having this experience and like it's right. can be hard to figure out so for sure yeah yeah well kind of just moving a little bit into what you're doing now with your practice um you recently opened and like i said you're in the greater philadelphia area so i don't know if there's anything that you would want to share as far as maybe what your most gratifying part of not necessarily just being an art therapist but just making the big move of being an entrepreneur and like opening your own place what that's done for you because that's also very important and anything you want to share about that yeah, it's been a really great experience, um, a really gratifying one to be able to create my own space. And I feel like this, you know, creating my office specifically has been an extension of myself. So it was, it was a creative process for me too, and kind of like therapeutic for me too in that way. So that's yeah. been really awesome. Um, and just working with two other really great art therapists who I respect so much. Um, who are also just really creative and we all have the same goals and the same vision. So um, it was just a really fun process. There of course were you know, some stressors too and it was a really big challenge for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I'm not a business person, you know? Um, so having others that we could kind of work all together to create this space was really, really helpful. I think that if I had tried to do this all by myself, it, would have been a lot more challenging. Um, so just like the teamwork aspect of creating this healing space has been really great. Yes. With a lot of great feedback. Um, so that's been really wonderful too. 
Well, we have to commend you for doing that, especially in a pandemic, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Now is the time when literally everyone is, is burnt out and fatigued and um, especially kids who are right now, they know they can feel that everyone else is stressed. They can, it's not so much that in my opinion that they hate wearing masks, they feel how much everyone else is stressed about them wearing masks and in this pandemic. And um, I, I think that that's a great way to, to get through to kids and um, to really help them. And also, yeah, like get an idea and insight into what they're, what they're thinking. Cause they often do, I feel like that's like when I was nannying, I typically, if a kid was drawing and they were mad at me, I was going to be left out of the photo. I was not going to be drawn in the picture with the family that day. Um, if they were feeling great about me that day, I was part of the family. It all depended. And on those days I could tell, you know, um, and even in that you can see like the art kind of portrays their, <laughs> how they see you that day. Yeah. Their inner world. That's really interesting mm -hmm. that you process. I and even now I, I watched the kids the other day and they, their new nanny is in the picture. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> well, oh. what does that say? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, before the pandemic, you know, I think that therapy and mental health was seen in a very different way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our, our therapy world kind of like blew up with referrals after COVID, which it's sad, you know, but at the same time, a lot of people have realized like the impact that mental health has and the therapy can be valuable, you know? Um, so yeah, it's sort of been like a silver lining, I guess, but a lot of people really need it right now. And, you know, I think because of the pandemic and all of the challenges and the stressors that it's brought out, a lot of people are now realizing the benefit of therapy um, and it's becoming more well-known and less stigmatized. Yes. Yeah. Is there, um, is there a way that, do you feel that either practicing art therapy yourself, like being a patient of art therapy or doing therapy, doing art for therapy yourself or helping others and facilitating it, has either of them or both helped you get to know yourself as either somebody helping somebody else or just doing it yourself? Does that make sense? Oh, both for sure. Definitely. Um, I've learned so much about myself through art making. Um, it's been a really powerful process for me. Um, I attend a lot of, um, as therapists, you know, we have to continue our education throughout our careers to make sure that we're staying on top of, you know, all of the most recent research and methods, etc. So I attend a lot of art therapy conferences where we're, you know, engaging in some of these new practices. And I'm always blown away by how powerful and how much I learn. Even though this is my career, I'm still like, whoa, like yeah. this is so, so cool and so healing and so powerful. Um, and I feel like I'm always, you know, learning about myself from my clients too, you know, as much as I'm hoping that I'm helping them, um, they always inevitably help, help me too. Um, so it's, it's a really cool career. It can be really challenging sometimes, of course, but um, I feel like I've learned so much about myself throughout the course of being an art therapist and working in the field. Yeah, I think that's, I, I feel like we've heard other people say, and, um, you know, not not our therapist per se, <laughs> but a lot of other people have said that, you know, their, their clients and patients have helped them get to know themselves oh, as sure. well. I mean, um, yeah, just having that 
like a we even do that to each other where it's yeah. like I'm helping you, I'm talking you through it, but in reality then I'm like, hmm. oh, How I'm like, right, happen? maybe I should apply that to myself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, same. Sometimes yeah. I'll be teaching some of these concepts and I'm like, mental note, I gotta do that <laughs> practice what I right. Exactly. You know, we're all we're all human, you know, yeah. therapists yeah. are superhuman. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'm always yeah humbled by the work that I do with, with my kiddos. And they, yeah. they teach me so much. Especially working with kids. Yeah. They're, nobody will humble you like a child will. <laughs> or well, put you in your place. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So also our final question that we ask, this is what we ask every guest always okay. and forever, um, is what is it about your past, something you did, something you said, something you used to participate in that makes you say, I don't know her when you look back on it, that you're like, I don't identify with that person any longer. Like I used to eat Wendy's all the time and that's why I had to become vegetarian. And now I've been vegetarian so long that I'm like, I literally don't know that girl who ate Wendy's every day. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to be really threatened by emotions and have a really hard time expressing myself or being honest about my feelings. And I was very like, very like closed in um, and had a lot of a hard time letting other people in. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like now as I've become an art therapist and I'm promoting so much self-expression and healing, it's really opened me up in a big way too. Um, so when I would look back, I would say, I, I don't know her that very <laughs> closed off, resistant uh, person who's scared of emotions and feeling. I love that. That's, yes. yeah, we, we definitely identify, as you know, you've known Christy a long time. We definitely, we, we both like, identify with that. never talked about our feelings. Yeah. We don't know them. We do oh, not yeah. know them. Yeah. yeah. Feelings, I don't know them. We don't know 100%. them. percent. Well, Brianna, we can't thank you enough for joining us and telling us everything about art therapy. We really hope that this inspires other people to maybe tap into their creativity or maybe look into art therapy themselves. So um, before you go, if there's anywhere that you want to just promote, if you want people to contact you. So you can reach us um, through our website, moonriseartherapy.com. We are hoping to start some community workshops very soon out of our office um, that wouldn't be like therapy, but um, a space for people to join and come together and engage in art making. Um, so we're hoping to get that started, you know, sometime in the spring or the summer. So Ooh, that would be awesome. Yeah. We're going to have um, a mailing list as well. So we'll have all of those updates on our uh, website when we start doing that. So awesome. All right, cool. And what town is your, is your practice in? Conshohocken. Okay. All right. And that, if for anyone who's um, not from around here, that's the one that looks really difficult. It's that in Balakinwood that people are always like, what? How do you say that? What does that say? Yeah. And Schuylkill. Yeah. It took me forever to figure out how to do the spelling correctly. So, so many H's and O's. Yeah. Now it's normal to us. But um, yeah. But yeah. And for anyone listening, that's that's just outside the city. So it's definitely um, accessible. And, and I love the name of your practice. Love. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations on everything. We're so happy that you were able to join us today and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks.